0: Hey everybody, it's Lance Dawson. I'm back with another episode of Backstage Lowdown. This week, my co-host Andrew Stewart and I welcome Jennifer Buchanan. She is one of Canada's leading music therapists. And if you don't know what that is, we're going to bring you up to speed. Because people are using music as therapy, and it is incredibly effective. I think we can all relate to making playlists and, uh, gosh, if you're my age, mixtapes to express feelings and... Our music is a time capsule. It takes us all sorts of different places, and it, it, uh, it definitely has an effect on our brain and our emotional core, and Jennifer's an expert in that field, so much so that she's been interviewed on NBC, CBC, CTV, and iHeartRadio, and probably many more places. She is the author of two award-winning books, and she's incredibly interesting. She's articulate, intelligent, and she has a lot to say about how music can affect our lives. And I hope you stay tuned because uh, this could help everybody. So here we go. Jennifer,
1: hey, what's going on?
0: We're just talking about Kelowna, BC. Oh, there you go.
2: Lance uh, just got out. back from vacation, and he's yes. he's bragging about all the hiking that he's just done. Uh,
0: uh, I'm not really bragging as much as lamenting <laughs> that that we don't have stuff like that. Already. I mean, we have got great trails in Ontario, but it's just not quite the same.
1: It's not quite the same.
0: Um, what took you to Kelowna? Um. Swoop Airlines, actually. To be, perfect. To perfect. be perfectly <laughs> While clear. they still
1: exist. It's While perfect. they <laughs> exist.
0: I know. And, and that, my friend, should be a precursor as to what you've signed up for. That's that kind of humor. <laughs> so I'm, ge- I'm giving I'm the opportunity to sign now. off now. No, no, no. No, it was just a vacation. So that's it. It's nice to see you. How's life out in Calgary? It's great. It's going okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. You're not on fire.
1: No, and you know it's interesting. My daughter's a firefighter for BC Wildfire. Wow, oh, really? She's, so she's busy. yeah, she's, she's busy,
0: busy, busy up yep. north. Is from she what is I gather. Busy gathered.
1: up north, and I was going to ask you there. You didn't see smoke in Kelowna, hey? You were good. No. It was clear. It was gorgeous.
0: We had a great week, to be honest. Good. It was a little cool, which was fine with me, and uh, you good. know a little bit of rain, which everybody good. was excited about. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I guess BC's kind of now under it. A- thunderstorm watch which everybody freaks out which about. is so
1: great and yeah. i'm from there so i'm originally oh, okay. yeah. from dc and i moved to calgary
0: yeah nice so you're on the other side of the mountains which actually gets a little it's different right it's, it's not that far away, but it's it's a whole different because where the clouds drop the rain and stuff.
1: totally different. And we hear, um I mean, you hear of the chinooks all the time. you hear of the sun all the time. I didn't realize that I was per- <laughs> constantly depressed when I was living in BC. um but it's a nice depressed. like it's kind of like a cynical depressed. so you just sort of are, you've got like that sort of, humor um so it worked for me at the time but then moving here all of a sudden it's kind of bright and shiny and you go oh gosh you know my mood improved
0: a little I'm wow. a little if, bit
1: more yeah. positive yeah. okay
0: <laughs> wow if you were cynical in bc you should try ontario <laughs>
1: <laughs> right it's, but it's it's that's, it's a lovely way to go. Appro- but it's actually a really acceptable way to approach life that's how i feel about it like it's yeah. fun yeah
0: I noticed uh, last year I was out in Salmon Arm and a friend of mine and I were walking through the grocery store and she mentioned to me, she goes, you know, everybody here looks happy. And, you know, just in, in general. And I think sometimes, yeah. And sometimes in Ontario, we maybe lose sight of that. So. A little
1: bit of sunshine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why talk about music therapy when we can talk about meteorology and mood swings, you know?
1: (laughs) Because they're all connected. We're all going to focus on mood right now.
2: They I are. was just thinking about adding shiny, happy people to my playlist right totally. now. Hey, there you go. You
1: need a little should, bit more. We
0: Walking should do a bit sunshine. of a, Oh, that's a good one. That's that's yeah. on everybody's playlist <laughs> and it's been in every movie ever made. Right. So, uh, let's do a little bit of a preamble. I'll do an official intro to all of this, but for those of you who are going to listen to the podcast, uh, we are really fortunate today to have Jennifer Buchanan with us. Um, For those who don't know, who aren't up on their anatomy, the brain's got lots of parts and the, um, uh, where did that word go? Amygdala? Yeah, I think that's it. Anyway, that's our emotional hotspot in the brain. So uh, that's the one that gets off the rails occasionally, but thankfully we have the frontal lobe to control it. But even in the healthiest of brains, sometimes, gosh darn it, we just can't get there. So... Um, that's where science can step in and there's lots of really natural ways to, to control our emotions. Number one, go for a walk in the woods, get off the screens. They're fast and nature is slow. So slow processing exercise off. I've got tons of articles on exercise, how that does it. However, the most easily accessible thing that I can think of, it might be arguable, but the most easily accessible thing that affects our emotions in the brain is music. Because it's so accessible. And that is where our multi-award winning scientist music therapist Jennifer Buchanan comes in. So, Jennifer, thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. And I love being called a scientist today, although that's not completely true. But yes, I love that. Thank you. You <laughs> you
0: you access science and you utilize it in your practice. And so therefore, ergo and the scientist. Host, ergo uh, vis-a-vis. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Okay, stop me now. This could Please. get terrible. I I think Andrew and I both loved your book. Uh, yeah. First of all, so she is an an, uh, an author as well. I forgot to mention that, but I'll put it in the the intro. We'll we'll do that in post, as they say. Anyway, uh, wellness, well played. The power of a playlist. There it seems to me that we could do this interview in two chunks, and I do know that they're both going to be connected. There's the one of hey everybody, music's a timestamp. The power of the playlist. That's and I think I love that. And then of course, what I was alluding to before is the scientific application of what you do in terms of brain injury or, you know, and and utilizing music therapists. So we'll try to combine those and hopefully we'll come up with something that makes sense to everybody.
1: Oh, that uh, sounds great. Well,
0: I have, I have high hopes for Andrew and I to navigate all of this. So just sit and suffer through it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Jennifer, what is your favorite go-to song? Do you, do you have one? What is the? Yeah. The too strong for Jennifer Buchanan.
1: You oh man you you started with the hard question. Right? That's right.
0: Well, be, because I know and and I know in the book I say hey, there's multiple applications of these playlists. Yeah. The, chill out, the workout, the you know whatever.
1: Yeah, and and I think this is essentially where the book goes to is that under all our unique circumstances, all our uh, under all the different times of day, the different times of our life depending on whether we're going through like a significant challenge or a real celebratory time. I mean, we're drawn to music in different ways. Um, you know, I can remember throughout, uh, the last few years, um, I would sit here occasionally and just go, Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. And I just started singing that song and I went, okay, I just needed a little bit of that right now because uh, no one's listening to me. No, no, nobody is um, uh, knowing exactly how I'm feeling. But that song knew exactly how I was feeling. And when I applied it, and when I sang it to myself, I felt validated and that something uh, was able to meet me where I was at. And that song did it.
0: Nice. And can you feel could you feel like feel feel your heart rate or your stress levels just kind of dial it down a bit? Always.
1: And you know, you were just saying on just how efficient music is. Like it can affect us. It can affect all of those biological things we talk about from our heart rate to our blood pressure to um those feelings, those flutters we get if we're feeling a bit anxious music's incredibly efficient to help alter that. I'm not gonna say it fixes absolutely everything, but what I can say for sure is that it creates a little bit of margin so you can go into that frontal lobe you were talking about and make your next best decision.
0: Right, now that's a really good way of of putting it, that it makes things a little bit more palatable, the misery becomes a little bit less. And now you've got a musical background um beyond obviously being able to sing. I thought Andrew was going to jump in with you, and thank heavens he didn't. Uh, we would have lost have... a lot of listeners. Well, maybe you could have grabbed the third. Just grab the harmony, Andrew, you'll be ok. okay. You'll see. I'll be ready for so, the next one. I know. Jennifer, do you write your own music? do you like what's your involvement in in your own music journey there?
1: Yeah, so I am not a singer-songwriter. I am a curator of all the great music that has already been created and constantly is being um, created. So I am, my therapeutic style is using what incredible artists are making and seeing how they are applying to the clients that I work with, the people around me, and and going into often the histories and the stories. I mean, that's where I love to live uh, with music. With that said, I make music with my clients in sessions. uh, Music therapy is an opportunity to do musicking, even with people who go, oh, my gosh, I've never made music at all in my life. By the end of a one hour session, they're going, oh, yeah, I'm a musical being and this is important to me. And so we write songs a lot uh, during music therapy and we're expressing feelings and they're often one-offs. They're not things that are being recorded, but they're really being applied in that therapeutic way um, that is challenging people's thinking, that's going deeper into exactly what their mood is, that what is causing this. We go back into, you know, all the fun things like trauma and we right. talk about that through a song and by getting it out there it's a unique way to express it to face it to lean into it to feel it and the therapy part of the course is at the end of it that something within us has been changed and something for that client has made a difference that they feel they can either release it or at least move with it in a better way
0: and it's such, thing you know, again, I'm always impressed by how you're expressing all of this, but uh, it's such a tangible skill of what you're doing without medication, without any sort of, um, I don't know, extra, you know, variable that, that they have to apply to their own bodies that, you know, what you're doing to move them through just to get them from A to B, you know, because you can't stay in this one spot. It's dangerous. You'll die. It's just terrible. So you have to move. You can't be angry or sad or or whatever or devastated. It's Those are all valid emotions right but you can't stay there you have to move through totally to live so so doing what you do is phenomenal Mm -hmm. well just through music so let me let me follow this up with because i'm always amazed i am a massage therapist by by my day job and then i fight crime with andrew at night here um i'm amazed sometimes because i specialize in in one of my specialties is working on musicians because i'm a musician and we do all that stuff so but I'm always amazed that sometimes my clients will come in and I'll say, hey, you know, it's your hour. What do you want to listen to? You don't have to listen to the stuff I'm not listening to. I just, you know, I don't want to listen to birds and trees and water running because then we all have to pee and that's no good. So, <laughs> but I'm amazed that sometimes people will say, I don't really listen to music. Right. And I guess my, I, my very naive assumption plowing through life is, oh, everyone's like me and, they, you know, music's such a big part. Do you have clients there say, okay, look, this is what I do. This is what we're going to do. And they look at you like, I-, I don't even, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even listen to music.
1: Uh, absolutely. And Doesn't that blow your mind? It, <laughs> a it, little, it de- just a little? It definitely doesn't fit how we've constructed our lives, but it is interesting, right? And, um, you know, an exercise we can all do as we look at our personal soundtrack throughout our life is to identify where there have been points where we have stopped listening to music. And in a, again, in a therapeutic context, that's a place for a therapist to go and ask what was happening? What was happening in that moment? Um, but there also might be other things like, you know, we're talking about how accessible music is. I am also equally surprised at how inaccessible a lot of music is. I mean, um, not everyone is able to access the technology anymore and get access to the music that they need when they need it, or they might just not, they just might not have connected things together. Like I work with lots of uh, uh, boomers plus right now that, um, you know, they still have the radio at home. And right. that radio's no longer playing the music that they love the most. So, you know, if they're lucky, they're able to go into the basement and dig out the old record player and try to find their vinyls and, and, and hook it up again. So that can be set up. Um, some people still have cassettes. Some people still have their old Walkmans. I love talking to people about the old Walkmans that they still have. But not everyone has that easy access to connect to the music that they need in the moment. And so I frequently am suggesting to all of us who do, who are connecting quite easily to every song we've ever listened to whenever we want to, um, to really, you know, to do a quick audit of all the people in your life that you love, um, and just make sure they do, including the kids. Kids should be able to access to music that they like often they take over, but you know, you know, those sorts of things, just thinking it through.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But you've also brought up an interesting point as well when you were singing and said, look, I don't have the music I need right now, but I'm gonna create it in my head. Doesn't have to be pitch perfect, but I can create it. Totally. Do you find people that are so shut down that they can't access even that part of their their personalities of rhythm and beat or what have you?
1: Absolutely. And so you have to start slow. You know, it could just very well being, you know, when I'm meeting people for the first time, um, and in in many of the mental health settings that I have worked and, and uh, people are either not wanting to be where they are, both emotionally, but also in the physical environment they now find themselves in, which is, you know, either corrections or in a a locked unit on a hospital. Um, Those people are not, you know, they're, they're really frustrated and not wanting to be there often. Um, but also at the same time, often recognizing, you know, I really do want to get better. I want to feel weller. So you start out very simply and it it could just be exactly what you were asking, you know, where is music in your life right now? And if the answer is it's not, then that's where we start. And, um, and then the next question might be, has it ever been there? Oh, yeah, I remember when. And as soon as right. you hear the I remember when, we've moved. Right. We have moved from that amygdala being all stressed out and worried into the hippocampus another area or the limbic system of feelings have deepened and we're now in several areas and and they've been able to release something so
0: yeah N- nice nice andrew we're gonna have to add the explicit symbol to this podcast right. now You yes. listening to the language on this lady holy cow <laughs> <laughs> we
2: terrible. do hear the I occasional left sharp but uh, oh my goodness go no really. she she threw hippocampus out like it was nothing we, I'll, I'll, I'll beep that out. Don't worry.
0: I, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, there was a, a bit in your book about, uh, well, there's all sorts of, of, of information about how music's changed, right? We, I mean, gosh, I grew up, my parents had eight tracks and then it went to CDs and all sorts of crazy stuff. And Napster came in and changed the landscape. When you were talking about kids having access to music um, we've talked about this before in the podcast that now everybody seems to um my kids included, have headphones or ear pads or whatever. And so music used to be a source of discussion in the house where I could hear what my kids are listening to and say, oh, that's a cool song. You know, why do you like that? Or, uh, you know, are are you lyrically driven or are you melody driven? That sort of thing. And you brought up some great questions in your book as well. as, hey, here's some discussion points you can start to introduce music into your life. It's not that difficult. It just takes a little tweaking of care enough to ask somebody the question kind of thing, right? But do you find that, like, even, you know, even with people that, you know, are obviously not in hospitals, but have access, but I find that now, because of technology, music is so, it's an isolating experience with us all, because we don't have album parties anymore, like, you know, hey, Andrew, I've got the newest Cheap Trick album, you want to come over and listen to it? Like, that doesn't happen. No. I know. Sitting
1: on the velour couches in the rumpus room.
0: Oh, Yes. (laughs) Wait a second, Jen. You're not that old. There's oh, no yeah. rumpus room in your there history. There was a rumpus room. Oh, my. <laughs> the rumpus room.
2: Oh, man. All right. She came from a whole different family. I don't know. What happens out in BC? Mike, you
0: know. Oh, Jeez. Anyway, no, that's, that's interesting. So, yeah. So, do you find, um, again, with this? I find that now I I don't want to blame everything on social media, but we seem to be this society that's never before been more connected yet more isolated at the same time. So I feel like that's another role, you know, to to play in just terms of connecting people or opening them up to being connected.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, headphones and ear pods and and the sound quality that we can get within those has brought like, great perks you know and great benefit and it's not like all these things are new they just seem to be more rampant now as as right. you were saying so um you know the, taking the opportunities when we can so if you know I like encouraging parents if you've got little kiddos at home and um to to turn on your music in the morning meaning the adult you know i remember when my kids were were little um it felt like barney had just taken over my life and that was all the music that i was listening to and um but you know it is it's about sharing taking an opportunity to share your music and and we see speaking of social media you see how sweet it can be when those kids are connecting to the music of their parents and their grandparents and you can see those images So bringing that into your own home in a real, in-the-moment, live way is important. The other moments I like is when we do get an opportunity to bring people around a table, you know, which I know doesn't happen very often now. We don't have that intergenerational. Thanksgiving might be one of those moments, or a birthday, or an anniversary party. When you have those moments actually considering how am I going to bring music in this moment because I know music anchors memories. So how are you actively and intentionally going to bring it into your party? So sure, you're going to have a playlist that people are listening to and you're going to curate that special. Um, Maybe it is like right now what I have done is I because I've gone back to vinyl I've gone right back to old school and I've got a shelf where I put up the albums I'm playing at that particular party so you also have the visual that you can see the albums and I create an album playlist and you can start getting excited about the next ones coming I love it. And, <laughs> and then the last one is sitting around and going around the table and you know you got you got grandma and grandpa and you've got the little kiddos and you ask everyone, what music have you been drawn to lately and be interested and you can put together your own, you know, little playlist of a memory from that day of, you know, the seven year olds listening to this and the 87 year old has been drawn to this. And, and you remind yourself about all the music of all the generations. So It really is about getting intentional about it, like we do with all things, like our food and our exercise. Um, How are we going to bring music into our table?
2: I know for us um, that people of our age, age, we're used to the mixtape, we're used to the playlist and that it is not foreign to us. But I'm just wondering if you're dealing with somebody that's younger, that isn't you know, doesn't know even what a playlist is. They're just used to their five second TikTok piece. And, and that's all they hear from, you know, one swipe to another. When you go into work with an individual like that, where do you start? Yeah. Ooh,
1: man, that just brought up so many things for me. Cause you're right. Everyone is on these short clips. And so Where is the long play going, Mm -hmm. right? Where's the long? Where's the seven minute long play going for young people? Where's the value for them in that?
0: How do they get through grade seven within a seven minute slow
2: dance? I know, know, laying your
1: arms over somebody
2: else and slowly rocking, (laughs) (laughs) sidestep. It's attention span too.
0: That's a tension span, and that brings up some, you know, serious questions too. Because if everybody's training their brains just to have these short clips, and the idea of a, a thematic album anymore uh, goes away. Because I love that suggestion of you know having an album out, like sometimes pretty like I don't know sort of hipster coffee shops will do that. You'll go in and you'll see an album up front, and they'll be playing that vinyl, and then you get to go and choose you know the next one or something. I think that's really great, but I I, I would say like I don't think my boys have ever listen to an entire album do you know what i mean
1: i agree i do one
0: one son's into vinyl i'll give him that but you know the b-side i don't know
1: you know it has to have value for them so i guess the question then comes down to i mean this is more of a you know yeah it it's 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 also experience and i mean if all you've been listening to is tiktok videos and not having the experience of watching someone else in your family listening to, you know, an entire side A and side B while drinking coffee. Yeah. Right.
0: I I question about how we're going to be doing open heart surgery in 20 years because that generally takes five to six hours. And if nobody can concentrate for five to six hours, we're with little
1: TikTok clips in the background.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think it's going to be like a six surgeon thing where everybody's like (laughs) rotating.
2: Introduce okay. the occasional. Hey, dance you're it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here's what I found. <laughs> see what you see. What you can find in this guy. I don't know.
1: Oh, this this <laughs> is an interesting conversation, and I'm hearing all sorts of research that can happen just around what we just talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I'm surprised that more research isn't done in terms of, uh, um, like, I've talked to some dentists in the past, just with regard to uh, massage therapy with uh, clients if they're doing a long surgical procedure, doing uh, pre-surgical jaw. Massage to and and post surgical stuff, even when people get stressed at the dentist uh, because of what's being. Like, why why are you guys not paying attention to the music you're playing? Why am I watching CNN? That's not helping, right? So I think there's a lot of research to be done where you know uh-huh. music or massage or any sort of variable oh. interjection that can take people's uh, you know amplitude down a few notches, and it costs nothing. Well, I mean, having totally. somebody come in to do massage would, but but I'm saying somebody turn the radio on or something. Yeah you know?
1: Yeah. And, and I am wondering if, it, 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 you know, now we're not thinking it, like I was just doing some routine blood work and I show up and, you know, you're waiting for like two and a half hours now yeah, and right. it's just silent. So you have to bring your own, you know, um, headphones, you have to bring your own book. Yeah. And then you isolate yourself in your own little sort of cube. Even though one, a person is sitting next to you a foot away. It's sort of odd.
0: It is. It It is. is, But it's and it's so isolating too. Because if they were playing something, like, and I'm getting Sinatra, you you could turn to that person and say, "Man, my my parents used to love this, or I did." You know, what of those things? It negates all sort of. It negates human interaction when we all and I do it too. I'll go somewhere that's totally quiet and throw AirPods in. That's it. So, or read a book. I noticed you've got a book in the background of your picture. And the funny thing is, I was told this was a one of a kind. (laughs) Who's selling me this stuff? I paid three times the cover price here because I was told it has never been done. Never been done. Only copy. And now (laughs) now
2: you see in the background, another copy.
0: Yep. Another Ontario and taken by the, the Alberta. (laughs) That's it.
2: Yeah. Terrible.
0: That is terrible. So Jennifer, what is the, what is one of the most interesting cases or applications, um, setting aside privacy laws and don't name names, but what's one of the most interesting applications you've had of music therapy that you've like, wow, I, I really, this was an interesting case and I knocked it out of the park. doesn't happen all the time, but. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh.
1: I mean, there, uh, there's so many because we could talk about, you know, again, a, a young kid who they had not heard their voice before. And the first time their voice was heard during a music therapy session. I mean, that's pretty significant. And it was after weeks of working with that kid and and being incredibly repetitive with um, with certain elements of music, including you know the certain rhythm patterns and the certain speech patterns within the lyrics of the song, and working with that kid and first getting a smile, then getting a bit of a chuckle, and find it, finally getting some words over weeks, right? So that's really incredible. But I I want to actually go to end of life care, which I know sounds like a bit of a a, a, a real downer time, but you know transitioning is really hard at all times of our life, and transitioning into the next stage of life is just as hard, And but it's the time when it should be easier, and it's hard on the people who, I I can remember Keanu Reeves saying once, he goes, what do you think happens to us when we die? And his answer, which, you know, as always was so profound. And he said, um, those who love us will miss us. And taking that concept that as we have these last moments together, how are again, we're going to anchor this moment. And I can remember this family after um, knowing that they were going to be saying goodbye to their loved one over a Christmas break, right? It's really hard that that's right. going to be the time, and it's a common time, and, it's, and it was so hard. And I can remember this family saying, um, Jen... We need you to come in on Christmas Eve. And I'm thinking I don't work Christmas Eve, but of course we have to say yes and under the circumstance. And Jen, can you come in on Christmas Eve? And we are going to uh sing fun Christmas carols because we want to have, you know, all the family still gonna be here and mom just really, really loved Christmas. And and so we're gonna have this real upbeat and we're gonna be happy. And we want her to hear laughter in the last time. So we came in and, I, and so the very first song, we thought about it, the song that's gonna make us laugh and smile and hug each other and feel all connected. It's gonna be really simple. It's gonna be jingle bells and we're all gonna sing along with you and i thought so great and you know what happened that we started i just started you know a nice little happy tune in palliative care singing jingle bells and they all crumbled and started to cry and they're hugging oh, mum no. and mum was able to look at me and she goes that was perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh, right so yeah. these are these are the moments i mean it's these are the things and yeah. uh and it's really tough to narrow it down to one profound moment because for when we think of just how a single song can feel to us, um, during some of these more difficult moments in our life, it can mean even more.
0: Right. Well, one of the lasting gift for what you just did for that family though, is sometimes when, when something tragic happens at a, uh, societal moment, like Christmas, um, now that moment is time stamped forever as, you know, a sad time as opposed to so what you did was say, look, moving forward, you can still celebrate Christmas. Cause remember, this was sad and we made it better. And and this is the memory you get now, as opposed yeah. to just a whole bunch, you know. So that's totally. Awesome.
1: And mom gave them back jingle bells. Now ah, there you are allowed to listen to jingle bells every Christmas and and mom gave them the gift that right. they
0: can. I would have put 10 bucks on grandma got run over by a reindeer, but whatever. Jingle bells. That's you go, you went a different direction. I mean, but you know, I'm dark. I, it's just, it's the way I think. I'm sorry. I just walk into there. Oh. Okay.
2: Grandma, here's what we all picked out.
0: I know. Right, Andrew, do you have anything
2: to say? No. <laughs> so on, on a separate note, I, at the beginning of, of our chat, we, you talked about music and celebration and, uh, a few months ago, I turned 50, and uh, several of my friends turned 50 as well, too. And we actually went on a trip just to celebrate uh, our half century. And each of us uh, put 15 songs together and to create a playlist. And we chose them from different times in our life. And and it was really quite magical just hearing even the first few notes of any song that that we had put on that playlist and w- how how quickly it took you back to that place that moment um when that song was important to you in your life and so and it was funny i was actually doing this as i was reading your book at the same time so i found it very interesting to kind of look at the songs that i was picking in combination as to to what i was reading and um, it it made it that much more important. And realizing how important this music was to me, and uh, really how it affects others, and how it must affect everybody that you work with on on a day to day basis, whether or not they have that moment when music really isn't isn't a part of their life, and and why that was. Um, versus to what was happening at that one particular time. And, you know, some of the music uh, didn't always bring back great memories, And but but it was what was important at the time. And so I I find it very interesting as to how that plays a part in your practice.
0: Oh, wow.
1: You know, listening to you talk, I'm constantly reminded about that we're talking about ultimately something incredibly simple but listen to the impact you know listen to the impact on that trip to you to your friends the connections all the things that were happening inside of you as you were listening to it like how ignited your brain would have been there's no other activity we know of that lights up more areas of the brain simultaneously than when we listen to music that matters to us in that way that's like none of this is um yeah none of it is simple even though it sure sounds simple and yet so much is happening
0: that was only the good uh, young on repeat wasn't that your uh song? That's right.
2: this, yeah that's what i thought just one song over and over again yeah
0: and oh, right? god, bless, god bless billy joel he's the best honestly it was just great I'm sorry, Andrew. No, I agree. I just don't, I don't understand how people got through breakups if they don't, you know, if they didn't understand playlists, if they didn't, you know, if they weren't using
2: music, right? I was like, or you didn't have your dirty dancing soundtrack.
0: Well, you know, I'm, I'm slightly older than you. Maybe I was more of American bred. I don't know.
1: You know, Uh, Alanis Morissette and Tracy Chapman Crossroads. Totally.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's fantastic.
2: <laughs> but it, it, actually, though, know, we, I... we joke about, um, you know, how minor it seems right now uh, a breakup, but that is a a huge part in anybody's life. whether it's a first love, and you know, you look at a young person and say, well, you know, you're gonna find another person and another person, but it, it's still love, and it's it's the first time they're experiencing it, and. Or to somebody that they've been married for fifteen years, and that's it. They they don't know right. life any other way. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it is quite an important thing to to yeah. use music to actually get through that. Mm-hmm.
1: And and that goes back exactly that music off like people. It's really, really tough to truly console people. You know, it's tough to, you. You, we really want to be the, say all the right things at all the right times. And it's it doesn't always work out that way with our friends and our family, right? It just, it's tough to get there, but a song can
0: nail it. Yeah, no, that's exactly right, right? I mean, our writers, poets, songwriters, um, I'm always amazed that like throughout history, uh, songwriters have always been reflective of of what's going on at the time. So during wartime, there were wartime songs, et cetera. Um, and when you talk to older people about, especially if they were born in England, and they talk about wartime songs, those songs were purpose purposefully happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when and I I I worry sometimes about our younger generation right now because a lot of the music they listen to. Um, You know Mm -hmm. beautifully written but it's it's morose or it's a little sad it's a little down and we don't seem to have happier uplifting songs anymore you know like i I gotta get cheryl crow and more people's (laughs) song list or or walking on sunshine right Mm -hmm. i mean where are those songs to reflect are people i I think the songwriters are reflecting like it's just a really down period right Mm -hmm. but we're not as I, i guess the jump i'm making here Jen, is, is, it, is it that we're not as resilient? Because these older people in the face of war right. were listening to happier songs. They refused to oh. go down, they refused to be sad and listen to music of Oh Woe Is Me and they purposefully wrote and listened to music that was uplifting to get them through some of the most horrific moments in human history. And here we are coming out of a pandemic, not the first human pandemic, not the last and you know it it rocked us yeah i i so i kind of go back to this word of resiliency so where do you do you think that's true like you're you're a semi-expert here about how music reflects and how do you use that what do you think i don't mean semi you are an expert but (laughs) what what do you no.
1: the semi is good um you know i i As you're talking, like I'm hearing another paper that we can now delve into and write together about that because, um, and I am sure right now in a lot of universities where they are studying the the history of music and and musicology, they are looking at exactly this, is what is the music, the way it's being made, the way it's being produced, the words that it's saying, what is it saying about us as a society? Absolutely. What I encourage in my case and, and my scope of practice, what it is, is I ask the individual or the group, okay, so this is what you've been listening to lately. What feeling do you have as you're listening to it? And what I'm finding interesting is some of these songs that we're calling you know a little morose <laughs> like they are right. they just they the the just the the rhythm the vibe of it seems uh, they're saying oh i feel great every time i listen to that song i just feel great they feel their best selves listening to it so the question is are are they working at you know are they feeling that high performance optimism that we felt as we listened to Katrina and the waves? Like, are they feeling that? Is it exactly the same thing? Um, But now, yeah, there's something different about the music. So I think there's something to look at in regards to that. And you are right. Those optimistic songs of the past were definitely optimistic, but we also know what came out of that people did not talk about the trauma and then it became generational trauma that they passed on that was completely Uh suppressed. So there's so many different ways that we can start to analyze all of these pieces. Um, And gosh, now we have three more episodes we have to do.
0: There you go. (laughs) That's a really good point because I've always stopped there thinking, gosh, they, they seem to be more resilient. They chose they chose a path of resiliency or I choose because happiness isn't a right. Like we, we have to choose to be happy. Right. And so they, in my mind is like, they chose to be happy. The songwriters said, we can't just, you know, we can't sing Sank the Bismarck all the time. We have to have some other wartime stories that are uplifting, but you're right. You know, there's a difference. There is purposeful choice of I choose to be happy, but then there's also bearing things that you don't, you need to deal with right and so mm-hmm. if some of that was also happening that's a really good point maybe we just do a whole new cop podcast we scrap right. backstage lowdown and this is the ge- this is the way we go it's three of us <laughs> awesome that's so, Jennifer
2: you talk a lot about trauma in uh, in your book and yeah. i don't mind admitting that in some at some stages in the book that lance cried uh you're i'm glad you don't mind admitting that that's big of you yeah exactly but uh Idiot. further on into the book you actually speak about music and sport and how it can actually be used to lift somebody that is preparing for uh like a particular race or a particular fight you look at the A Olympic runner that is at the end of the track with their headphones on, and you can just see them focusing in on that one particular moment to focus for like 30, 40, you know, 60 seconds. And uh to kind of get them through that. Can we talk about that for a little bit?
1: Absolutely. And I've got a great example because I am I am that person that has grown up going, oh my gosh, I was picked last for everything. (laughs) Like everything. Sport was something I've always loved and I love going out and watching people do sport and I keep trying to do things like I even even did some triathlons for a little bit, came in last every time, but I was okay with it. I was okay.
2: (laughs) Just doing it.
1: Just doing it. Yeah.
2: I understand pickleball is really hot in our age group right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. Actually, you know who's really good at this? Because um, my my wife Jennifer, you guys, if I did a Venn diagram of the two of you, there's a lot of overlap. So she works with a lot of athletes and uh, just executives doing sports psychology or performance psychology, I guess. But she was a big advocate of, of playlists early on, oh, um, just of individuals of saying, "Look, you need to you know either amp up or." file it, it down right because yeah. you're you're overstimulated
2: mm-hmm. and
0: and playlists playlists are really good about that and some sports that was news to them um swimmers yeah. on the other hand i think have been because they have a ready room before they go out on deck and and dive into the pool mm-hmm. they have a ready room and 9 times out of 10 they're all listening to music their whatever mm-hmm. their playlist is their coaches had them or their sports psychologist has had them dialing this stuff in and uh, so some sports are a little ahead of the curve and then others are like what What? totally and and I think we got a little distracted by beats per
1: minute like if we could get the beats per minute in the song then we're also going to be able to work at that level but if but getting it, it seems that music doesn't always function just with the tempo of the song it's also going to be the bigness and the boldness like um, you know, I, I gave the example that I myself, you know, I was trying to do that 5k race. I was going to be the best 5k racer that I've ever been. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And, and so I did, I went and looked at the existing research that was done on, and it was mostly around BPMs and I put it together and I go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I even did it incremental that I was going to increase that, that beats per minute and work on my cadence on my actual and keep it really, really smooth. Like I, I had it all planned. And as soon as that beat per minute Um, hit me I became very tired as a what I would classify a beginner runner right and so in speaking with other people and I've done several talks now at uh, um, at running rooms and and those sorts of things um, but what I found is sometimes it it's the vibe of the music so the actual rhythmical um energy that comes from it so uh, it could be reggae which is not so fast but it provides that that um a certain vibe that puts you in your optimal state and i i hate that i'm always doing this that i'm making it so customized but i i also want to embrace the fact that we can customize our music for ourselves i think Um, it keeps coming back to how exciting that I get to spend time in art and with myself and create something awesome so I had to go with big bold music I went right to Evanescence Evanescence I just felt it empowered my inner warrior and I was able to do that 5k race best ever I mean I still come in the last you know last quarter, but you know, no one's watching, but it was your best right. race. It was my best yeah. race. And
2: that's what's important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about the time. It's just about how you felt during that race. You're right. If you pick a cadence or whatever, yeah. Know, anyth- anything worth doing, right. It all takes a lot of yeah. effort and the playlists mm-hmm. take effort. I mm-hmm. read a book one time where it was a little side story. I don't know why the author put it in, but it was really interesting that the main character in it had been his wife gave him an iPod back in the day, those little iPod things. And she gave it to him and it was blank and for Christmas. And she said, here you go. I want you to put the hundred best songs ever written on this iPod. That was the gift. She said, here's your iPod. I want 100, the top 100 songs ever. And it was giving him so much angst that throughout the story as a side story, he was always asking other characters, "What, what do you think is the best song ever written? And somebody's like, Hotel California. He goes, really? You'd put that above, you know, we're jumping Jack Flash and, and yeah, so it was clearly just, it was just this weird thing. Uh, and we're going to circle back to Don Felder, by the way, who did a little preamble in this book that was impressive to me. I thought that was good for you, uh, Jennifer. Anyway, I just thought that was a neat little side oh. story that somebody even then was putting this stuff in the story like, hey, creating this playlist is not easy, and you might think that playlist is completely different six months from now, yeah, right? As we change, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's customizable.
1: Yeah. It's art evolution. That's what it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But evolution for you too, because Jennifer Buchanan who runs a 5k next week is now a different runner and needs a totally Totally. different playlist. Totally. Because now she's got to slow down. Right. (laughs) Right. That's it. Yeah. No, I
1: agree. Yeah. I'm now way too speedy.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Totally. Well, the air is so much better in Calgary, right? They just.
1: I, I, I keep bl- blaming it on our elevation. I know I'm yeah. so slow. I've got less oxygen. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You try running at Denver. Isn't that like at sea level or something? No, Denver's mile high. That's right. So yeah, are a no mile other, high.
2: Other way. Yeah. <laughs> way.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. That's terrible. <laughs> so, Jennifer, you've sidestepped my opening question. What's the best song? Your go to song? And it can be for anything. I mean, go-to song for I need to be sad. I don't know who needs to be sad, but if what's your go-to yeah. song for? I get up in the morning. What's going to put me in the right headspace?
1: You know, i I really do. I really do love Keb Moe's Love ch- Train. Love Train. Nice. Um, I love. I love Keb Mo. I love. Uh, yeah, he's good. Yeah. I oh man, I can't pick. There really isn't one and it's why i put together so many playlists you know for different things and i uh i just i just was speaking on the weekend at the burn survivors Con- conference and it was um an amazing group of people who have visible scars from the, what they have gone through in their life coming together and we put together the top um 25 songs that empower us. And number 1 is Queen Don't Stop Me Now. And so for this week that's my favorite song. There you
0: go. All right. Fantastic. Andrew, do you have one?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh go-to song? My go-to song is probably Pride in the Name of Love. You too. Ooh. That's sad. Yes. See, oh, I would have thought, what's new Pussycat? I would have had you more like the
0: Tom Jones. That's that's guy. my number two. Number I two, mean, there it is. <laughs> that, that's why
2: it's called the top 10.
0: Oh, yeah. Might be oh, other
2: songs on the list.
0: <laughs> that's that's fair.
2: That's so, fair. Jennifer, where does somebody go to find a music therapist?
1: Yeah. You know, there's only 800 of us across Canada.
2: That's it. That doesn't wow. seem like very, very many there's not and enough, when you no, we've got, we've got tremendous
1: is. amounts of work to do. Um, but, you know, now also opening up the virtual world, there are online sessions that can happen. And we are trying to really give a boost to the profession itself. Um, I mean, my personal goal life uh, is, is to grow, to help grow the jobs. Uh, But where you can go is go to musictherapy.ca, which is the Canadian Association of Music Therapists. Uh, You can also just go into your browser and you can, you know, um, type in music therapy plus your province or plus your city, and you can see who's around. Um, But that would be my recommendation in regards to that. People are welcome to reach out to me if you're looking for someone, I know a lot of them.
2: Where do we find your company?
1: Oh, you can find us at jbmusictherapy.com.
2: Yeah. That's great.
0: We're fortunate. I mean, uh, Wilford Laurier has a music therapy program, um, and I think it's just attached because it's, you know, they've such a wonderful music program. So
1: yes, and I, you've got you've also got a really wonderful uh, niche uh, music therapy program now happening at U of T and then not too far from you, although I know it's far, but it's not too yeah. far, but in at Concordia. So okay. just crossing the line. Yeah.
0: Nice, yeah. nice. It's really, uh, you know what, Jennifer, it, thank you for, so much for being with us today because I'm hoping that we get lots of people listening to this uh, that might not be aware that music is, is therapeutic or they, you know, they're not consciously aware. I think every everybody who listens to music has to be aware on some level that, wow, this just this makes me feel good, you know, or it makes me feel better. Um, but to put a therapeutic label on it, they might not get. So you're a wonderful advocate for that. Right. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of our ridiculous podcasts in the past. However, we finish each episode with something we call the lightning round. Now, this is an incredibly unscientific way to get to know you. So what we do, and you don't even have to, there's no studying. I can see the stress on your, somebody get Katrina in the waves, get get that fired up here. The girl's melting down. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a really simple thing. We're just going to give you a choice of A or B. You pick the one that you okay. choose for you, and then everybody walks away like, oh yeah, Jennifer Buchanan likes Jeeps instead of uh, Priuses. I oh, thought so. I, I kind of had no. that. No. Anyway. So it's anyway, that simple. It is. Andrew hey. is Andrew's our lightning round guy, so there you go, Great. Andrew.
2: Okay. John Denver or Gordon Lightfoot?
1: John Denver.
2: Digital music or record? Hey, hey Wait wait, say I
0: have to interrupt the lightning round. Okay. In your book. It, it, we've we, done actually, one. I know. We have I know. done one. I know. I know. Oh, I've slowed it down already. But in the book, you, you said, did you meet John Denver? Like okay. He was the guy? He or was, that was somebody singing John Denver? No, it he was the guy. That's, it was so, John Denver. It That's
1: was John called. Denver. I don't remember. I was in grade two. It meant nothing to me at the time. He was out doing, I think, because I've looked back now, I think he was doing the movie Ben, I think it was called. And he did a walk with Chief Dan George along the West Coast Trail. And I think he went to a few elementary schools and did his shtick. Like, what is that? That he came to Belmont Elementary School, Langley, British Columbia I was in grade 2 and he was sitting there with his guitar and I can remember thinking oh he's a really cute older guy <laughs> <laughs> I, and he taught and uh, he what sang an incredible songs incredible moment right and and mom was there mom was like big eyes yeah, oh for really? sure right yeah, yeah. singing along and crying to annie's song and wondering you know what what went wrong with his divorce like all that
0: yeah, yeah. oh man annie's song is an amazing song <laughs> a, let's put song. get that on a playlist okay sorry okay. to interrupt but i just okay. To okay okay jennifer buchanan has met john or seen him live i've right. seen yeah. them live yeah uh, a few feet away yeah and i
2: think i think we now know the answer to the next one based on the beginning of the podcast but digital music or record record vinyl love.
1: all the way nice. it, it crackles a little and you have mm. to lower it and you have to get up every 15 minutes and turn it over turn so it over. it's also exercise
2: excellent yes. i love it nice love letter or mixed tape
1: Yeah, for sure. It makes tape.
2: Okay. (laughs) iPod or Walkman? Oh, for sure. A Walkman.
1: Like if you had one, you never forget it. You never forget your first.
2: Now this one's a little out there. Gazelles or tree torrents? Gazelles or tree torrents? We're talking footwear, shoes. Blame Uh Lance for this one. Don't Just, you remember, I don't no. remember everybody was reading Adidas Gazelles
0: or. No, like, oh, I guess most of
1: the it was were Nike swooshes, the blue swoosh. What are you talking about? I have to
2: tell you, I had to look up with what a gazelle was. I Get what out of you, here. What really? are you
1: talking about? And it was oh. rainbow jeans. It was rainbow jeans with a bit of a flare.
2: <laughs> so and rainbow then, jeans are slacks.
1: White Nike with the blue swoosh. Something
2: totally different was happening out out on the West Coast. Wait a second. No, no, no.
0: Gazelles, everybody wore Adidas Gazelles. I did not.
2: I did not. By the way,
0: Andrew, did you just say the word slacks? You (laughs) 50-year-old nutcase. What
2: are you doing? (laughs) Next thing, it's going to be trousers or slacks. Holy cow. Okay. Indie films or blockbusters?
1: Uh, I can go both ways. I can go both ways, but I will go indie films because it just makes me feel more, you know,
2: yeah, Just makes you feel, yeah. <laughs> Ho- hotel right. or cabin?
1: I I'm such. Oh, it's. I know. I should again say cabin, but it's hotel. Uh, That's okay. Only Lance will judge you, but too. only certain co- yeah. certain ones, like yeah, yeah for
2: sure.
0: Um, wait, wait, eight. wait. What level of what are we talking about here? Because there is well,
1: judgment. I, of course, if I judging. really had a choice between a, yeah. I mean, I just was at I was just in Europe in Amsterdam where uh, Yoko Ono and uh, it was um uh, and uh, John Lennon were there in bed for their bed thing. You know, remember the bed thing? Yeah. Thank um, God. I was just at, staying at that really, hotel. Lance. Like wow. I'm really thoughtful about my hotels. That's the one I was in. It was the Hilton right on the canal in Amsterdam, where John Lennon and yeah. Yoko did their bed in. Come on,
0: yeah. Uh, all right, see, <laughs> she broke up. She broke up the Beatles, you know.
2: <laughs> Ooh, it's 80s music. how
1: short we have so much to talk about. It's amazing <laughs> how really short. They were literally producing, and so massive, and it's so exciting to see sort of some energy going to Ringo and Paul right now. So, anyways, yeah. I just want to throw that yeah. out. Keep throwing the energy yeah. that way; it's great. That's a, that's
0: a really good point, though. I talked to my sons about that all the time. We just took them to uh, your lightning rounds going down the twos. Oh, okay. No, we took that's them to what the makes it our, our lightning round. I know. We took them to the Buddy Holly story. My my father-in-law, who's passed away, Buddy Holly was a big influence on him. So my wife wanted her sons to really, you know, hear the story. And like the Beatles, who were influenced by Buddy Holly, by the way, right? The Beatles came from the crickets. But Buddy Holly was only on the scene from 17 to 21. And he made a huge impact. Massive. Right? The Beatles weren't around for that long. Huge impact. So, yeah. you know, while people say, oh, Beatles are the Stones, I, say, I don't think you can compare yeah. the two. The longevity just takes Totally.
2: Anyway, good point, Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next question. Excellent. (laughs) 60s or 80s music? Hmm.
1: I love how you left out 70s and 90s. There's a reason (laughs) Um,
0: for that. Hey, the 70s were good. No, no,
1: they weren't. You know what? Only because I'm going there right now and it took me a long time to get back, but I'm back at the 80s. I'm back at the eighties right now and I'm, I'm, I'm going back there and I'm, I'm leaning in, I'm leaning into what it was. And, you know, Whitney Houston was there and that was, she was really important
2: to me. That's awesome. All right. Acoustic or electric. Tough (sighs) questions.
1: Yeah. It's really hard. I, I actually, am going to pick electric today. I am like, I mean, I'm in the eighties. It's about the big, huge, like the big end. Mm -hmm. Um, I I love, I love like a big electric bass, like bring it on, thump that out. Oh, nice.
2: Nice. All right. And for our final question, Mm. reggae or ska. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going to go reggae. I've been listening to some modern reggae lately. And don't ask me for names yet because I'm just introducing. You're, da-
2: you're dabbling.
1: I'm starting to dabble. It's amazing. So I am going to say we should all be starting to dabble in some modern reggae. Um, but of course, Bob Marley remains the king.
0: There you Absolutely.
2: Go. Good job. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming out and doing our show today. I appreciate it. It was really nice to get to meet you, Jennifer. And super interesting. So so fun.